click. I'll ask Pastor Daniel to come up. Um, as is my custom, I open up the floor for any questions or further discussion from the morning's message. And since Pastor Daniel gave the morning's message, I thought I'd ask him to come up, and he is graciously obliged. So um, I'll throw it out. Any questions, any further discussion points, any clarification from what I expect is probably a very challenging message. Um, Dean. For the sake of the tape, I'm going to repeat the question. Is that fair enough? Then you, the question is, in all of the, um, the most accurate translations, the passage in Thessalonians that Pastor Daniel taught from, says we urge, we beseech, we request, not we command you to esteem your leaders. So is this a command for believers or a suggestion? Pastor Daniel. Yeah, the, <clears throat> there's a number of ways that... Are you on? Is your you, pack on? Can you adjust me? Is your oh. battery on? That would be a sign I went too long. <laughs> testing, can you hear me now? Okay, I turned it off. Uh, so there's a number of ways that you can give commands. Um, in, in one of the ways that Paul often gives commands is a kind of a roundabout way of doing it, circumlocution. Uh, so he'll often say things like, um, rather than go take out the trash, would you please take out the trash? Or I would love it if you took out the trash or something like that. Well, and that's, he's doing something similar there. We, we request of you, please do this. But that shouldn't, shouldn't be understood to be optional. It's Paul saying it in a gentle way. Um, it, th those commands are, are you thinking of one that specific one where he does that? I'm just thinking of Philippians 2. If there's any comfort <clears throat> in Christ, any comfort, any encouragement in the Spirit, any participate, oh, well, good grief, I'm bungling it. Therefore, if there's any encouragement in Christ, any participation in the Spirit, any, any comfort from love, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy. Now, Paul could just say, hey, I'm an apostle, complete my joy. Right? He could just, I don't need to tell you why. Complete my joy, be of one mind. He doesn't even say complete my joy. Be of one mind, but he comes about this. He wants, good leaders want the people they're leading to see the wisdom and the beauty of what they're saying. So Paul would be a foolish leader if he just said, I'm the leader, do what I say. He wants his people to see, that is good, that is right, that is wonderful. Yes, there is comfort and love. Yes, there is participation in the Spirit. Yes, I want to complete Paul's joy. That's why I'm going to labor to be of one mind. That's yeah. the example I was thinking of. Yeah, and if, if, if you read through First Thessalonians, he'll... He'll say things like that repeatedly. Uh, we, we ask or we request. It's a gentle, polite way of saying, do this. <laughs> but because he's an apostle, that carries authority. Um, not, it's not just an opinion. Oh, let me, let me say one last thing. <clears throat> I'll probably be doing this a lot. It's a bad idea of me being up here. Um, if we recognize the inspiration of the Scriptures from the Holy Spirit, what do we recognize the Holy Spirit requesting us to do things? Is there anything God would say, would you please, to which we could say no, right? So if we recognize not just the human authorship, but the divine authorship, then, the, then God is saying, we urge you. God is saying, we request, we beseech. And when God requests and God beseeches, 
What do we need to do? We need to view that as, as his word to us. Questions? More questions? Follow oh. up or is that good? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll, do, I'll do that with my kids a lot. Who, who, who wants to empty the dishwasher? <laughs> Aiden, please come empty the dishwasher. <laughs> because it would be wonderful if they wanted to. <laughs> JP? The question yeah. <clears throat> is, um, could Pastor Daniel explain in Hebrews 13, 17, who's groaning and who's, what was the other part, JP? Whose joy? It talks about joy. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning. What's that mean? Yeah. Uh, so it's obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. So let them goes back to leaders, your leaders. Let your leaders do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no benefit or advantage to you. So the idea is when, when, you, when you obey and, and submit to your leaders, their keeping watch over your souls is a joy. But what happens if you resist and you grumble and you complain and you push and you question? Guess what happens to our job? It gets really difficult. And then we're doing it with groaning. You, you know, like lifting weights. Like, you, you don't do that without some groaning or grunting, whatever you want to call it. Let them do their job with joy instead of hardship. J JP, you guys don't have kids yet, but once you do, you'll understand the difference between taking the kids out and they behave. It's a joy. And not that. <laughs> um, you'll understand groaning. <laughs> Dan McCurley. The question is, could, could we, or Pastor Daniel, expound further on this account that the elders will, give, will be receiving? Yeah, there's, there's a... Um, uh, we will all be held accountable for what we do. Um, we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And the idea is that we will answer to God for what we do in this life. But he says that he who is faithful with a very little thing will be faithful with much. Um, and so we're not all given the same amount. Some of us are given uh, one talent, some two, some ten. Um, and when God comes back, for those that were given ten talents, he will want a reckoning. He, where did that go? What did you do with it? And to those that say, oh, yeah, I buried it. I knew you were an exacting master. He'll say, cast this man into the outer darkness. But to the one who is faithful, he will say, you have been faithful with a very little thing. I will put you over much. Um, and so the idea there is very simply, leaders are given a high amount of responsibility, a high amount of authority, and therefore they will stand a high amount of scrutiny. They will have a lot to answer for. James, James also says, don't be quick to teach. You read the verse, you got not it. Many, James 3.1, not many of you should become <laughs> teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged 
with greater strictness, which is not saying there's a higher standard. There's a standard of Christian living for regular Christians, and then if you're a leader, you have this other standard. Rather, it's the same judgment with much greater severity. Um, the stakes are much higher. Um, the potential rewards and the potential chastisement are greater um, for those who would teach. I, I can't fully unpack what that means. I mean, we're not going to get into like Dante's circles of hell and stuff, or punishment reward, but Paul talks about in... Um, in 1 Corinthians 3, and he's talking again about, turn to 1 Corinthians 3, because that's church leaders, right? If anyone builds, he's talking about leaders in the church building on the foundation. You with me? Yeah. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 3 talks about this too, because Paul is dealing with leaders in 1 Corinthians and the potential of factions. Paul planted the church. Apollos is now one of the teaching elders, and there's factions. There's people who think Apollos is really eloquent, and they, they despise Paul. There's people who wish Apollos could be more like Paul, and, and Paul's trying to deal with this. And he says this, um, verse 10, according to the grace of God given to me, I, like a skilled master builder, laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. And so what he's saying is the foundation he laid was when he came and planted the church and evangelized the Corinthians, and now the someone else who's building upon it would be Apollos and the other leaders. Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it. So first and foremost, he's talking about the work of leaders. I do think there's a general sense this applies to all believers, but Paul has specifically in mind his former building as a leader in the Corinthian church and Apollos' present ministry. And he goes on to say, each one's work will be manifest, for the day will disclose it. It will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will be rewarded... If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. I don't fully know what that means. I don't like it. Though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So yeah, that's the type of stuff that can keep you up at night. Um, it's like, I'm going to give, there's going to be a judgment in which even though I can be saved, I might suffer loss. Don't know how that all works, but God said it, so it's true. And <laughs> it's intimidating. But it's very real. It's not just sort of, uh, hey, everything's great. Now, there's a very real judgment that Paul's like, you, you might just get through by the skin of your teeth through flames. <clears throat> Any other thoughts, questions? Yes. The question is Pastor Daniel in his message referenced um, one way to show honor is to seek counsel. He referenced things like jobs and college. What exactly is the expectation and standard for members? If someone would be a member, what would be the bar or what principles or guidelines would there be? Well, we certainly don't have a list of, you know, you have to ask us about these things. But the idea is if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask. God gives it freely. Um, what, what Jeremy has often pointed out to me is, yeah, God gives it freely, but he usually gives it through someone. And the first kind of stop on your wisdom journey is, is the leaders, your leaders. Um, and so whenever you lack wisdom, whenever you're um, thinking about that, 
it's a great thing to go and ask an elder, hey, do you have any advice? And they might not. It might be, do you have any advice? I was thinking about drinking whole milk instead of two. Uh, <laughs> do as the spirit leads. 2% is water that's lying about being milk. Don't okay? ask him. Oh. Ask me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, no, it's anything other than whole. It's a slippery slope, Zeb, and I just want to stay on the... Adam, can you take care of his channel? <laughs> um. <laughs> so, the, the, whenever there's a lack of wisdom, when you really need help and you're seeking from the Lord, um, that'd be a great time to go and ask your leaders. Uh, th- I'd add to that, if you're making a decision that would remove you from membership, that would be something you would want to seek your leaders about. Because... Uh, how much how, how much would you hurt if your you know 15 year old son or daughter came to you one day and said oh i'm i'm leaving i'm i'm go, i'm going away i'm i found a family down the road that likes me and and i'm going to just i'm going to live with them now or worse or yes <laughs> wendell says yes or or worse or worse or worse Write that yet down. <laughs> or worse yet they don't even tell you. You have to find out. Like yeah. your, your child's missing, and you're out looking for them, only to find out. Oh, I didn't tell you. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm the Joneses' family now. Yes. So, good. Uh, anything that would take you out of the body, um, I would. I would seek their counsel on. Um, that, again, that's not a law. That's a you know a recommendation. It would be very awkward if you just made the decision we're leaving this church, and you never talk to anyone about it. I've known many people who have done that, and I've never heard a good reason for handling it that way. It's almost always, well, they wouldn't have listened to me if I told them about the problems. Or, you you know, it's always a lame excuse. Why not go and seek them? Because if they say, oh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, driving 50 minutes to get here is a burden on you, and you're struggling financially, maybe it would be a better idea to try to find a a church closer to your home. That would be a good idea. And now there's this joy in seeing you join another church instead of a sorrow that you've left ours. Um, so whenever you lack wisdom and uh, anything that would change your status within the body. <laughs> and and let, me, let me add one other yeah. thing. This is a command to, to the sheep, and I'm a sheep too. I mean, it's not a command, elders, make sure people are asking you. <laughs> right. There's no... It's kind of like if, if, um, if I ask my wife... John Piper uses this example. If a husband says to his wife, must I kiss you goodnight? And she says, yes, but not that kind of must. (laughs) If it's, give me the list of how many times do I have to kiss you? How many times do I have to say I love you? Give me the schedule. I'll plug it into my phone and (laughs) I'll, uh, you know, I'll do it. Which, who's going to feel, who's going to think that sincere love and who thinks a wife's going to be pleased and honored by that? So the whole point is to put up a picture that's beautiful. Here's this good thing. God is... Let me unpack further what Daniel quoted me as saying when I said that second to the scriptures, I view my leaders. And I firmly, firmly believe this as the highest source of where I'm going to find his will. Primarily trumping, what I mean is trumping my own inclinations, what seems good to me, the wisdom God gives me. Um, But that is a tremendously, I I rejoice in that. Uh, Let me give you one simple example. Um, When I first came here, I jokingly referred to myself as a younger, somebody who wanted to be an elder, but I didn't have any kids. I was still a young guy. I wasn't able to grow a beard, you know, all this. <laughs> and, um, and what I wrestled under is when do I have the audacity to say, I'm going to go read 1 Timothy 3. 
You know what? I think sometime last week, I was able to check the final requirement off on this list. You know? I think I did it. Or the, 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 the corollary, which is I'll never, I'll be too hard on myself. It was tremendously freeing when I realized all I got to do is go to the elders and say, hey, guys, Paul says the desire to be an elder is a good thing. I got that desire. I'm not for a second saying I meet these qualifications, but you guys let me know. You examine me. You let me know when you think that happens. You shepherd that. And then when they told me, um, hey, Jeremy, we'd like to put you forward as an elder. We think that you're functioning that way. We think you're living that way. There's a freedom that God hasn't called me to make that call. And I'm trusting, okay, God, the shepherd, the chief shepherd is shepherding me through my under-shepherds. Okay. Um, that was tremendously freeing. It's also, I've, I've told them that they're stuck with me. I mean, they can, you guys can get rid of me if you want, but, but, you know, if whatever decisions I'm making, I'm going to the elders. So let's just say, let's just say the situation my mom had worked the reverse. My mom had to stay in New Hampshire, and I felt this desire to go there. I wouldn't view myself as being free to just leave and go find a church in New Hampshire. At most, I'd go to the elders and say, hey, guys, I'm, Paul says I need to Children need to take care of their parents, and my mother needs care, and there's this church in New Hampshire. Could you pray about it? But I'm going to do what you guys think is best, because I don't trust my own wisdom. Again, I know my desires could pull me both ways. I know I, I, my heart's, you know, it's, it's fickle. Um, it seems good to me. What do you guys think? And I'm just pretty much going to do what you tell me to do and trust that God will hold me blameless. God will not condemn me because I listen to my leaders. God will not say, you fool. Why'd you listen to Jeff Zimmerman? Well, he might, but, um, but, um, but certainly not Al Ostrander. Why did you listen? No, sorry, thank you. Sorry, Jeff, sorry. Um, and, and so in those types of things, my concern is like, I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to do something foolishly for my own motives of the heart's deceitful and wicked. Um, God will never judge me because I listen to my leaders. Um, yes, Jeff. <laughs> no, just take that seriously. No, you're, you're the one who's telling me about the tape and not being on the tape. Too much already. This is serious. So, um, what Joel came to me and he said, "We're moving to the Carol Davis. You know what church you're going to be? What church you're going to go to now?" And I thought, "Why do I need to worry about that?" I'll worry about that when I get there. And he said, and this is why I wasn't brought up as an elder 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> I said, because, you know, I, all my, when I get there, the most important thing is being able to take care of my family. And Joel said, the most important thing is taking care of your family spiritually. That's what matters. And so he's infusing advice to me that I hadn't thought about. And it was just advice. He wasn't 
refusing to let me go. He wasn't nailing my fins to the floor, as it were. Um, and I got one more bit of advice when I was talking with someone, and I said, well, I don't know if God wants me in Iowa or if God wants me in the Carolinas. And the advice was, God wants you to serve him where you are. It doesn't matter to him where you are as long as you serve him with your whole heart. And so with those bits of information put together, I started looking at the opportunity differently. And I realized that what was going on in North Carolina in the school districts and in the communities, um, even though you're in the Bible Belt, it wasn't, there was, there was no real opportunity to raise my kids in a godly way. And I'm still here. So it's a matter, it, it, it's not a matter of the elders saying, we want you to come and run your ideas by us so we can tell you how to live. It's a matter of seeking advice from people who have lived life pursuing Christ and continue to do so, not speaking of myself necessarily, right. but that's who God has put in charge of the, sh of the sheep. There's some level of wisdom that's available there, and it's just to your advantage to look right. for it or to ask for it. And really, that's all that's being taught here. Right. Right. Any other... I got the mic. Wendell, oh, I'm going to bring the microphone over. I'm, do you do for the tape, Wendell? I don't care how loud your voice is. You're not. What's a tape? tape? What's this tape thing they're speaking of? I, I, the only thing, I, I wasn't going to speak as long as I know how this is true because what, what Jeremy, I think, had alluded to before, and, or you did, Daniel, that. God will use people to speak through that will bring it, uh, people into your life. As stubborn as I know that Jeff is, this is, this is proof right here with God speaking through Joel. But that, that is as true. And, and elders is, uh, the elders or the leaders of the church is a good forum for, to use for God to speak to people. You know, maybe there's elders that, you know, uh, I'm prone more to one or two elders than the rest of them. Uh, I don't know. But, it, but I, I do think that God uh, uses it if we allow ourselves to be submissive, as uh, according to Scripture, I think God will use this group as well as other people, other Christians within our lives to uh, uh, speak through. And because uh, just like that, I, I, you know, all of a sudden you listen where you may have heard something similar to that before, but uh, I think that's, that's very important. So we have to make that decision in our hearts first. I'd like to ask a question to Pastor Daniel. Can we go back to the example you gave of Jason and, and Dave, and can you play out how it would work if, God forbid, Jason was just being a self-serving, selfish jerk? What then? Because you gave both examples <laughs> yeah. for righteous. How would this play out if it really is a bad command? Uh, well, so let's say Dave came and talked to me. Kept, kept it anonymous, but said, hey, one of the elders gave me this that I'm command. I'm related to. And I, I, honestly, I need wisdom. I don't know what to do. I would, give him, I would give him this advice. Go ahead and do everything you can to obey this command. <clears throat> and when it's done, confront him. The, the, you see, see it through. See if there is a, um, maybe something you don't know about. Like I threw out the mission trip. You know, maybe there was some, maybe Jason had a terrible day, had this great explanation for why he was doing this, 
but forgot it all because he was so tired. Um, so go through it, see what happens, see if there's more to it, and, and do your part to obey. But then when you're done and you've demonstrated your own obedience, now you're blameless, you're above reproach, nobody can say anything bad about you. You can then go and talk to him and say, hey, uh, the more I'm thinking about this, I'm, I'm so uncomfortable with the fact that you commanded me to do this for apparently only self-serving reasons. The scripture clearly says that leaders are not to domineer over the sheep. And I don't, I don't have any other explanation for why you did this. Can you help me understand? And I, I, I take it from there. So do you, want to, do you want to play that out more? Well, let me or? even zoom in. What, what Daniel did is the our first response is to love people, leaders, non-leaders, everybody. And love believes all things, bears all things, hopes all things. So when someone does anything, whether it's a leader or not, that strikes me as odd or fishy, I shouldn't gravitate towards, I bet they're being a jerk. Love should gravitate towards, is there any possible explanation that, that, they're, that they're righteous in doing this? Now, that would be a tough one. I'd be struggling with, how is this a righteous command? But you, you're, you're starting with, let's see if we can think. Maybe there's something you don't know. So Daniel's starting with love. Then he's saying, um, try to do it. And, and I wouldn't even necessarily say that the doing it and the questioning it are necessarily in order, because what if it's like three months from now? I wouldn't think you have to wait three months to question it. Yeah, I'm just thinking in this example, three sure. days away or whatever. Sure. What you don't want to give the impression, what you want to give the impression is what, what every citizen should say to their, to their king, what every wife or child, to anyone that you're under authority is, I want to obey you. I want to honor you. Help. Not, I will only, and this is what we want to avoid, we don't, want to say, we don't want our children to say, Mom, Dad, I will only do what you ask when you explain to me why. You've all heard the child that says, why? When it's clear is, my response is conditional upon you satisfying my desires. So you want to make it clear, hey, I'm willing to do this. Um, my, my response is not conditioned upon this, but I, I really am struggling with how you're not violating 1 Peter 5 that says not to lord your authority. This really looks like a self-serving lording or domineering command. Help me out. Um, so what Daniel's guarding against is giving the impression if, not until, um, which would not be a submissive attitude, but by all means, question. And, and say you didn't like Jason's answer. Jason said, you know what? I don't want to give you an answer. Then you could take it to the el- Do you mind if I speak to the whole elders? I'm so really troubled, Jason. I asked you for help. You didn't give me any help. Um, do the rest of the elders agree? Do they amen your, your command? Could we take that to them? And then you'd have the safety, not just of one guy who's having a bad day, but of a group of men who can pick each other up if they're stumbling. And if Jason, you know, the elders said, Jason, yeah, I know you had a bad day at work, get over it. And Jason said, nope, I'm an elder and I need to go fishing. Then we may have to go where 1 Timothy talks about of those who persist in sin rebuke in the presence of all. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so if, if instead of asking for a truck, he asked for something that is clearly sinful, mm. which is, I think, what some people might be worried about, you know, we're going to submit to the elders. What if all of a sudden they're producing commands right. that are unethical? What do you right. do with an ethical question? Right. No, what do we do with, uh, with ethical questions? Unethical. Oh, you 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 take them to scripture. So if if um, right away, 
right, no, right away, immediately say, we can't, I mean, this but is what Can you give an example of, of an unethical question? I'm trying to imagine, like, what, what you're thinking of. Oh, so that would be number one, you disobey. Well, like you borrow Yeah. <laughs> for the record and for the tape, we are, we, are that, we are opposed to that. That would be a bad command. Bad command. Didn't you read our statement on marriage? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, if the elder were to command you to do something that was sinful, you, you stand with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Say, so you can throw me into the fire. I'm not doing what you just said. Or, I, the God I serve, he will deliver me from your hand. And if he doesn't, then I'm happy to go meet him in heaven. And, and the disciples in, the, in Acts, yeah. um, when, they, when they're commanded to stop preaching Christ, they say to the, the elders and the priests, you decide for yourself, is it better for us to obey man or God? So if you ever feel that you have to choose between obeying man and obeying God, you obey God. You do it with a clear conscience. Now, they're still respectful. They don't say, you jerks. I mean, you, you, I mean, when Paul rebukes the high priest and calls him a whitewashed tomb and somebody points out, you just spoke to the high priest. Paul repents, even though he's been beaten unlawfully. When they point out, you'd speak that way to the high priest? Paul says, I, I, I repent. For it is written, you shall not speak against the leader of your people. So Paul, even though his sin is tiny compared to this beating that he's getting against the law, oh, well, I, yeah, I shouldn't have spoken that way to a leader. Um, Renee, did you have a... I think it's interesting that you chose the example of a truck because when I think of obeying or respecting my leaders, I think of it in a spiritual realm. And so did you purposely pick a truck so that I would be out of my comfort zone on that? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. if you told me, like, Renee, you really need to read this book, or I'd really like to see you in this Bible study, or if you, like, if you, it's overseeing my spiritual growth, this truck has nothing to do with my spiritual growth other than submission. Yes, I did specifically pick truck because it, it, there is no apparent connection to your spirituality. So you receive a, a command where you can't say, I can tell why you're taking care of my soul or how you're taking care of my soul through this command. Yeah, that's why it's challenging. And that's why it's also unusual. It seems somewhat um, not arbitrary, but out of the blue because I think everyone would be shocked if they got any sort of a phone call like that from any of the elders. And let me, let me, but even then, yeah. God will take care of us. He'll show us the way through it. And, and let me say this, and I can just speak for myself and the leaders here, as Daniel said, we are very, very hesitant to issue commands. Much like Paul, I want people to see the beauty of something. So I'm far more likely to say, hey, can I really recommend this book? I think it'll really be a blessing to you. I think, or listen to this message, or I, there's a Bible study that might bless you. I want people to see it. I want people to say, yeah, this is good. Because my, my goal is their benefit, right? So it's, most people don't benefit from commands that are given straight up. Even Jesus says, I no longer treat you as slaves, for a slave doesn't know why his master tells him to do what he does, but I treat you as friends. And everyone's like, yeah, Jesus is my friend. He goes on to say, we're friends because when I tell you to do things, I tell you why. That's why. That, it's a very, very specifically defined friendship. It's not us playing basketball. It's him telling us what to do, but also why. That's how we're friends. 
And so I want people to see, I want my children to see the beauty of something. Um, only in the final analysis, if push comes to shove, if I can't get Sophie to see the beauty of being kind to her brother, will I say, okay, you need to be kind to your brother. It, it's, and so that's, so any leadership that immediately goes to, you know, here's the law, um, is probably not got a firm understanding of what they're doing. So I want people to see the beauty of something, and I want to be very careful. We want to be very careful before we give a command, because one of the emphasis in the New Testament is the freedom that we have to love. Um, and so you could imagine a scenario where, you know, the leaders just pick out all your ministries. You know, we're just going to make it much easier for you. We're going to assign you all your ministry. We're going to assign you your parking space. We'll t- and, and that would destroy the freedom of the new covenant, where love is supposed to be spontaneous. The Spirit is gifting and equipping, and people are doing things. We want to stand back and let that happen. Um, really, Renee, I think the sphere where if we were going to do something, it would be the equivalent of a doctor telling somebody, could you sit still for a moment so I can take your pulse? Could you stop trying to get out of the chair um, while, we, while we try to administer to you? It, it's, it's the, it, those would be the places where somebody's clearly in problems, somebody's clearly um, struggling in some sin or something, and hey, can we help? No, leave me alone. Okay, if we're going to give an account for you, then I guess we'll just, despite the fact you don't see this as a good thing, pick an elder. I don't care who, but you need to talk to somebody because clearly things aren't going well. Really, those are the only types of scenarios where I would... Um, I can think of in the past eight years, and they're not that often, where I would say, look, if you can't see the beauty in this, regardless, can we talk? Or you're in danger. You're in a dangerous scenario. You, you, you've, you've, you've rented an apartment above a brothel. If you don't see the danger of that, I do. Please, please find a new place to live. Um, that is a terrible place to live. Especially if, you're, if it's a young man struggling with lust and you're living above an adult movie theater. Like, that's, please, it hasn't happened. But the, those are the types of, but those are the scenarios where I would go past, if you don't see the beauty in this, anyway, please do what I'm asking you to do. I'm just speaking for myself. But um, hold on. For the tape, or the digital, or whatever. What, do you, what should we call it? It's the recording. For the recording. Um, in First Timothy 5. It says, do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How, um, given, kind of going back to the potential abuse of authority, if this were a one-on-one conversation, elder A says to congregant B, I need you to do this thing that isn't necessarily sinful, but it's potentially an abuse of his authority, how would... um, how would that factor into admitting a charge uh, based on two or three witnesses? Al Ostrander wants to. Can you give the mic to Al? No, 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 no. There's a mic, Al. For, the, for posterity. For posterity. No, for the I would, recording. I wouldn't really look at that as a charge. I would look at that as uh, uh, an understanding of... Because, again, he's not asking you to do anything that is um, unethical. Um, so it's not a charge of, well, this man put this out, or he did this, or, you know, he's in this sin. So it's more of a, I don't get this. Um, so I don't, I don't look at that as a charge. So I would just, you know, I, I think just free to go talk to him. I mean, are you imagining straight it straight up? That I mean, doesn't resolve it. Then what? Yeah, yeah. Can, I, can I jump in? Having taught this, when I went through this, I don't think Paul has laid out a separate church discipline plan for elders. I think what he's saying is, on the one hand, you don't shortcut the thing. The same jurisprudence, the same um, standard of evidence is used against elders. You do rebuke them. On the one hand, they're not exempt from that. On the other hand, you don't just slaughter them. 
So let's just say Zeb says to me after church, can we meet in your office? I want to ask, I want to talk to you. And I get in the office and he says, I just really wanted to ask you to pray for Mary because we're back. And I just slap him. I wouldn't do it, but let's just say I did. I'm, just, I'm, I'm trying to pick something obviously sinful. There's no love hoping all things. Did he, he, uh, says, did he need slapped? What? Did he, did he need it? No, he had a fly on his cheek. Yeah, maybe he needed no, it. No, no. Um, and then he asks, says, he says, what was that for? And I curse him out. I slap him again, okay? And then he says, you can't do that. And I say, you need two or three witnesses, and you don't have them, so ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not how it works. But the point is, before Zeb could take it to the elders and rebuke me in the presence of all, he'd have to bring in two or three, like Matthew 18 says, to confirm the facts. It's not, if you don't have two witnesses catching an elder, they're scot-free. Rather, you don't skip from step one to step three with an elder, you go through the process. If you haven't got two or three who've met with them and confirmed it, no, you don't take them in front of the church. And that'd be kind of, and the people want to do that. They send out, you know, I've heard of churches where somebody gets offended and they blast the elder in a mass email, you know, and they're disobeying that. You didn't go through the process. I don't think Elders are the only people that you can't begin church discipline unless you start with two or three witnesses. I just think he's saying you don't skip that middle step and go from, you angered me to, I'm telling everybody. No, you go through the process. Um, that's, that was my understanding when I taught through it. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Who's got the mic? Okay, pass it on down. Dan Barth. There's actually one other scenario that... I'm surprised somebody else hasn't thought of. Why didn't Dave Stringer say to Jason Grimes, you may use my truck, but I'm going fishing with you? Because <laughs> <laughs> then they could discuss Jason's behavior. <laughs> over fishing. Over fishing. You know, I mean, is there anything more important? Oh, we got Mark Sullivan in the back. Or did you have something, Jeff? Of course you did, so I'll give it to Mark in the back. No, did you want to say something, Jeff? I'm sorry. Did you? Oh, my wife said I didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. His wife said he didn't, so there we have it, folks. Mark Sullivan. Hey, Daniel, can you speak to confidentiality? Obviously, if I come to you with, with uh, an issue I'm having at home, um, how are you going to handle that information? Because obviously we want yeah. to be able to trust um, you know, that our, our information isn't taken out and you know, yeah. become public knowledge. Uh, com- confidentiality is in the... Oh, Jeremy, will you ask the question? Oh, here's a mic. Oh, yeah, that's right. Good. Thank you. We're done with that. Uh, confidentiality is... The, the real issue in confidentiality is love. Um, and we, we first see that illustrated in Genesis mm-hmm. um, when Noah is drunk and he lays in his tent uncovered and Ham um, comes into the tent and sees him. Shameful thing. He should have covered his father's shame. Instead, he went and got his brothers and told them, hey, dad's in the tent. And for that, Ham is cursed. That's where we get Canaan, which becomes who the Canaanites are. And basically all the strife that you read throughout the Bible goes back to that. So it's pretty important. Um, But the issue is not uh, confidentiality as we speak about it in the media. This strict thing you have a right to. The issue is love, okay? 
So imagine that a, a, a patient comes into the doctor and they're diagnosed with a serious life-threatening disease and the doctor wants to help heal them. The confidentiality matters in so much as you don't want to shame this person. You don't want to uncover their nakedness. But if I have to call the pharmacy to order the pills and they have to have a name to get that, I'm not worried about confidentiality in that regard. I'm worried about healing them. So my desire is love. Um, now, legally, I may have to get their permission to give a name or whatever. So in a real, like a counseling situation or somebody comes and asks, hey, I need help with this, uh, um, and it's kind of a sensitive issue. Our first step would be to seek their permission, the person t we're talking to, seek their perm permission to talk with the elders so that the elders can know and get wisdom. Now, generally speaking, if someone comes to Pastor Jeremy or I during the week and needs help with something, it stops there. It's done. It's only when we're not sure on our own and we need the wisdom of somebody else that we would then say, would you mind if I brought this to the elders? to get their wisdom so that they can speak to the situation. We might be able to do that confidentially, but then the elders can't pray confidentially for you. You know, they can pray for someone, um, but it's different. And then the, the second issue is there are certain things that we're obligated to deal with whether or not um, we can maintain confidentiality. Legally, that, that may be the case in some circumstances, but more importantly in the body, uh, if it's an issue of discipline and you're refusing to repent, refusing to deal with the sin, we can't promise you confidentiality ultimately. As long as you're getting healed and dealing with it, we're great, you know, happy to keep it confidential. But if you're refusing and trying to spread that sin to the rest of the body, we can't keep that confidentiality ultimately because that would be unloving to everyone else in the church. Put simply, we cannot offer the level of confidentiality that, say, psychiatrists or lawyers or even doctors give because Matthew 18, we recognize there are circumstances where we have to tell it to the church. So I can't promise to give you something that Jesus says, no, there's, there's a scenario. It's a sliver. It's an outside scenario, but... There's a scenario where you might have to tell the entire church. So generally, Mark, when I meet with someone for counseling, one of the first things I let them know is this. I want to cover your shame. I want to protect your reputation. I want to um, help others think well of you. I cannot promise um, what... I, I usually say this just because there's some confusion of, of things because in the, in the secular world, there's this standard of confidentiality. I, I can't offer that to you. At the end of the day, you will have to trust my desire to protect your reputation, to cover your shame, I will try to let you know beforehand if I think I need other help. Sometimes the problem gets so big, it's like, I need to talk to the elders because this is, this, is this is a mess, or I think they need to know. Um, but at the end of the day, if you don't trust that I've got your best interests at heart, you probably don't want my counsel anyway. Um, you know what I mean? So Proverbs says, in general, Proverbs um, 17.9, whoever covers an offense, seeks love, but he repeats the matter, separates close friends. So I want to guard reputation. So even frequently, if I go to other people or, or, or talk even to the elders, there's somebody, or I'll talk to Daniel, I'm talking to somebody. If I can get the help I need without revealing someone's identity, I'm going to do that. Um, I'll call, I used to call Daniel when he was in Hawaii because there were some scenarios I couldn't run by the elders here without it becoming clear who I'm talking about. 
but I can talk to you know, somebody in New Hampshire that I know and say, there's this guy at this church, and here's what's going on, what do you think? And I will try to do that in an attempt to cover their shame so that I'm not, because once I tell you a bad report, once I tell you, you know, what a jerk Daniel is, you're going to have a hard time not viewing him now and forever as that jerk. So I don't want to put that burden on you since you're called to love him. And since I'm hoping, even if Daniel's being a jerk, he'll repent. So I don't want to put that stumbling block in front of you. I don't want to shame him. So really, that, that it's, it's, it's love. It's not the, the legal thing of you know, doctor-patient confidentiality. That's a foreign to the Bible notion. But the notion of love and covering shame and, and helping others think well of others is biblical. Um, does, that, does that answer your question, Mark? We've got time for one more question. Greg? Question. Okay. I want to know, how, how do we know from our elders what it is that we're called to obey? Because sometimes, even from the pulpit, you may say things that are more of a matter of, you know, how you would do things as, as opposed to how you would desire the congregation to do things. And maybe there's, you know, an elder, if we talk... Um, Maybe one elder has this opinion, maybe another elder has this opinion. How is it that you would want us as a congregation to, to have that communicated to us? Like, this is something that you're calling us. Like, clearly, the, the marriage, you know, we're, that's sort of set apart. Those are, are things that you're, you're letting us know, putting it into our statement of faith, things like that. Um, other than the statement of faith, how, how, are, how, are we to be, how are we to understand what it is you're communicating for us to obey? Uh, when we tell you, <laughs> I, 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 do you mean like if we're preaching, do you take those words to be a command? I'm not quite sure what you mean. Like if I wanted you to do something, I'd probably come and talk to you and say, Hey, would you do this? Well, for instance, like in the past, you know, Jeremy has said the elders, you know, recommend that you attend ABF. It's, it's something that oh, we are... No, perfect example. That's why there's two commands, honor and obey. And so when I choose my wording saying I want to recommend, I'm intentionally not giving a command. I've t- told people, ABFs aren't optional, they're not mandatory. And I get these confused looks, what do you mean? Well, we, we aren't putting the ABFs out saying, hey, totally cool if you don't want to do it, but if you're interested, here it is, like this a la carte thing, like, you know, the local community college is offering a class that you can take. But we totally recognize that like, there's a freedom in Christ and people have got different reasons. So as your leaders, as those who will give an account, one of the ways we want to shepherd you is we want to encourage you to do this. And that's where if you would, you, would be, you would be honoring if you spent some time seriously considering that as having some weight. You'd be dishonoring if you just flippantly said, oh, forget that. Now, if after giving it some weighty thought, you still decide the best thing for your family is not to attend ABF, wonderful. You've honored that request. Um, it wasn't a command. It was, so, so there are times, and frequently this is the sphere I want to operate in, it's just ex- exhortation and suggestion and re- recommending, and I'm hoping you'll give it some serious thought. And if you do, you've obeyed God and honored him, regardless whether after giving it serious thought you decide yes or no. I think commands will be clear, is what you were saying, Daniel. A command will be, I'm communicating poorly if it's not clear, no, you, you need to do this. You know? and, and really, I'm most comfortable when I do that when I've got a text under my feet. Um, like, no, you need to stop cheating on your wife. Thus saith the Lord, you need, like, you must, right? That, that's, there's no doubt that's a command, right? I'm not saying you might want to consider, just, just saying, you know, if it seems true for you and if, it's, if it resonates in your heart that you stop cheating on your wife, no, I mean, command. But I want to operate as much as possible in the encouragement sphere as, as I possibly can. I feel much, much 
more safe from not being judged for lording authority if that's what I'm doing. And it seems like the model, as pointed out by Dean of Paul frequently, you want to add to that? Nope. Okay. Not unless you command me to. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. <laughs> okay. Um, um, I don't think Daniel will be with us next week, but I'll open this back up even next week. No, no, he'll be with us downstairs. <laughs> they, I think they really didn't like the sermon, Daniel. You may not be with us next week. Okay. Um, but, I'll, but since we've used up our time, I'll even open next week with further discussion. Because I'm sure for many of you, this is like the first time you've ever heard anything like this. How, how many of you have additional questions, like more specifics or whatever that you might like to ask about? Or generals. Yeah, either one. Couple? Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's close in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for, um, we thank you for this time. We pray that you would um, help us to think through and, and be Bereans and study the word and see if these things are so. And Lord, as we hear things that are hard to hear, um, I don't think anyone naturally likes to submit and honor and obey, that you would help us to, to, um, to receive your word and to, to, to receive your word because you have given it. Um, and Lord, we pray uh, for the leaders of our church that they would, would, they would lead and oversee well. They would not lord their authority, that, that the, the body would let them do this with joy, that for everyone's mutual benefit, that you would sanctify your bride and that you would glorify yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You are dismissed. <laughs>